about that time, about that time, about that time, yes, about that time. Welcome to the jungle, the Auburn men's basketball podcast. We can broke from outside. It's the three. Auburn men talking Auburn men's basketball. Oh man, he didn't miss the other night. Three for no frills, no gimmicks. Just ball. Final seconds of the quarter, Holloway, he can hit from that range. Now, here's your host, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. All right, guys, we are back. Auburn basketball is back. Matt is back. Ryan is back. Ben is back. Your host, Jackson, is back. An exciting shootout game. Thrilling, but ultimately a loss. We have lost to Baylor, the number 20 team Baylor, 88 to Auburn, 82. We looked great out there, honestly. We knew this was going to be tough. We were going to be playing a very good team while other teams are playing really crappy teams. And some teams like Michigan State are losing to those crappy teams. We played this thing in South Dakota for some reason. If you know why we played in South Dakota, I am very interested and would love to know. Uh, put together by Complete Sports Management, which did our Bahamas tournament and our Israel stuff. So shout out to Lee Militulli. Check out our interview with her if you won't give a chance. Check out any of our interviews. If you're new to this, hopefully you're all back. Hopefully everybody's back from last year. But hopefully we have some new people too. And hopefully you know, check us out. Tons of great interviews to go back through. Former players, former head coaches like Sonny Smith, current head coaches like Bruce Pearl. Go back through our interview if you can. Uh, you know, just Good to be back. Other stuff at the top. We're going live on YouTube after every game this season. We just thought we'd throw it out there. We already record after every game. So we said, why not just bring this together a little bit, a little camaraderie. I was hoping it was going to be a virtual Tumors Corner where we could all celebrate together after a great win against Baylor in that, that first half. But now, you know, we just get to talk about this stuff together, talk about our feelings together, like Ryan was saying in the chat over here. Uh, you know, it's just good to be back. Little collapse in the second half. Last thing to say before I throw it to everybody else. Uh, New York City Auburn Club has tickets for sale to the Brooklyn Legends Tournament against Notre Dame and whoever else are playing in it. Buy your tickets now. It got extended to the Auburn fan section for another week. Uh, me and Ben both live in New York, so we're very excited to see everybody up here. Excited to see the New York alums up here. Excited to see the team live. So check that out. And to start the season off, guys, what I want to say is I want to keep. I want to say your name and I want to hear War Eagle. Matt. War Eagle. I also have Ryan. a <laughs> Ryan. War Damn Eagle. Hey. All right. Quick thoughts, Matt. Quick thoughts here. Uh, I also just wanted to mention tickets are going to be going on sale through the Auburn Nashville, Nashville Auburn Club uh, for the Auburn Vanderbilt game in Nashville in January. That's coming faster than you think. So if you are close to Nashville and want to make that trip, it was a lot of fun last year. I would echo Jackson if go watch this team play wherever you can. Quick thoughts. Um, this team's better than I thought based on one game. We're going to say it all night. We're not going to overreact. It's one game. Uh, we've made a lot of silly predictions over the years after one game. But uh, I think this team looks the part. I think there's a lot of great pieces on it. I was really happy with um, just the how we matched up and how we competed. Um, and I, I am more positive about this team than I was. I was probably the negative one on the podcast. Coming into this game, I'm a little more positive. Ryan, what do you think? Quick thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I 
it's tough because you you got you have a lead, you feel like you're gonna win, and then all of a sudden you get hit with reality and, and the game's over and you're like, wow, what what happened? Um, but you can only go up from there, right? Like we got exposed, we could we could learn some things. We had, I think I mentioned this before we started, we had some things that um some players who have not played in this competition before. And we don't really know what we have. We don't really know our rotations, starting lineups, uh, all this stuff. Like, like what, what do we have moving forward? And I think we can only work from that moving forward. And now we have some games coming up that we can work on it. So it sucks, but we, we had a good showing. That's all we could ask for, really. Yeah, I'm looking over here at the chat. I, I was thinking maybe I could go through the narrative of this game a little bit. I feel like this is one of those games where you have to talk about the narrative of kind of like the back and forth of what happened this game to start where we got Connor Feimster saying, "Ugh, FJ tab, man, the refs absolutely suck. I agree. A lot of fouls this game early too. Lots of players in foul trouble. Miles Nordgren said, Junai played terribly in the last seven minutes, almost like he got the yips. Yeah, that was really weird. He, he was hitting threes, looking beautiful, and then airballed a free throw at the end. It was kind of brutal. So there was there was one thing where he like looked down at his hand. I don't know if anybody noticed that. And then after that, it was like nothing. Uh, he was airballing, airball free throws. I don't know if the shoulder thing happened again, but uh, yeah, there was something that that he was looking at after a certain thing with Aiden, and um, it was weird. I don't know. JPA for a use as best I felt about the team since the COVID season. Uh, did you forget that we had a number one ranking two years ago and won the SEC? But may- maybe you didn't like that team. Maybe you didn't like the Jabari Walker Kessler team. You might be talking about the beginning of the season. Maybe half felt good. Maybe that's why we started yeah. this podcast. We wanted to talk about how good that team was. We had Jabari on it. We felt good about the Walker five star guy team coming over. History. No, we didn't feel that good about Walker. Not that good, but we felt good about it. We felt excited about the potential. Yeah, Anyways. Let me talk about narrative here. We come into this. We're not sure what's going to happen. We, I, I personally thought we were going to get beat by Baylor pretty good. I thought they were a talented team ranked. We're not quite there yet. We're going to have some some early growth issues. But maybe the pace was amazing. Back and forth, this pace went crazy. The first rotation took out everybody but Joe Nye, and they just kept it going. Constantly back and forth, tons of, of points off fast breaks. At one point, we were leading a lot in a, a points turn points off turnovers. We might have still let off that. I need to pull up the stat sheet here in a minute. But it was just frantic, fast paced, and he felt like we got the better of that. They were hitting some shots. Uh, we were hitting a lot of stuff in the in the fast paced uh, game there. And then in the second half, we came back out. We were up nine points, I believe, going into halftime. And I said, all right, let's see if we can keep it. Immediately gave up what. Eight points, seven points, something like that, right out of the house. They came right back, just went right back to square zero like that first half never happened. And then on top of that, we could not get them running again. There was a lot of foul trouble on our players. We were in the double bonus, I believe, where they were in the double bonus with like 15 minutes left. Uh, Chad baker was always playing really well in the first half. Got four fouls on him. Didn't really see him much in the second half. Uh, Chris Moore had a lot of hustle plays in the first half. Again, four fouls. Didn't really see much out of him in the second half. Had to play Lior. Everything just started kind of falling apart as soon as we had these weird rotations with foul trouble. Every time we we played great on offense, honestly, in the second half, we kept coming down, making big shots, including Aiden Holloway, which we'll get it to for sure. Other players making great shots too. But what seemed to happen over and over again is we'd have to go down, make a great shot. They'd come back down, 
get a foul, hit their free throws. It was just back to square one every single time. And you're just overall a long game. The free throw shooters are going to win. You're going to start missing your shots. You're going to turn the ball over some if every single time they're going to have a free throw on the other side. I believe stat-wise, it ended up being pretty even in free throws, but it felt like overall the game slowed down a ton in the second half, and that's what really got us. They went on a second, Baylor did, on a second great run. I think at the six-minute mark, maybe, we were up six. And then after that, Baylor just tore us up. We started missing shots. We started turning the ball over. They were hitting everything. They were getting their free throws. Uh, maybe we were even getting tentative maybe with our, our foul trouble. Uh, there were some interesting narratives with charges. People were trying to figure out exactly how charges were going to work this year. Uh, we'll have to, you know, the team will have to learn that through the season. Our fans will have to learn that through the season. Uh, you can talk about the refs. We always, talk, you know, we try not to blame the refs. We try not to be the podcast or the fans that are constantly talking about it. But it was, it was a big narrative of this game. There was a lot of weird whistles, a lot of soft fouls. Uh, you know, both teams had to deal with it. So, Matt, Ryan, any thoughts on narrative there? Did I do a good job of explaining kind of the back and forth of that game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I thought the pace is the thing that stood out for sure. Um, our depth showed in a lot of really good ways. Um, I thought our veterans did a really good job um, in the second half. Like you said, they pulled even early with the foul trouble, and we still built a I – mean, we were up five or six at the under four timeout. Or we had the ball, I think, up five under four minutes to go. Um so not great down the stretch, some missed opportunities, a couple turnovers that really swung swung the game. It's amazing how much emphasis and energy we put in these games. And it you realize the more and more you watch them, it comes down to this race to the last minute and who has the pole position. And uh, Baylor got the stole the position from us in the last three or four minutes. And then you're the one fouling. You're the one having to hit shots. Um, I just – to me, the narrative is this team is incredibly athletic. You can see why Bruce likes it. They're, the shooting was good. I mean, you, we were we were threats from a lot of parts of the floor. I love what we did with some of the five out stuff with the nine. Um, I'm I see what what Bruce I guess was seeing in the off season. Like, hey, I really like this group. You could just kind of tell the way he was talking about it. But obviously, you know, at this point, Bruce is what year nine with us. We know what this looks like. The little flying tigers, ton of fun to watch. But what if you go back a couple years, what were the keys in those games? When the refs call it tight, how does his team how do his teams handle it? And then in the half court on offense, when things slow down, how 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 does his team handle it? And we've I mean, I feel like it's gonna come back to those two things. I think it's totally correctable. Brian made a great point. Some of these new guys, I mean, all the new guys, right, hadn't played a team on this level um, ever. They kind of got thrown into the fire. I, th- I was really pleased overall, but some of those, I'm, I'm personally not going to be mad at the rest. I, I thought we committed a lot of silly, silly fouls. I thought we were grabbing and maybe as we got tired in the second half, a lot of holding and a lot of just, it, it, we just did. And look, nobody can sustain what we were doing for 40 minutes. Let's be clear. That was some chaotic, frantic stuff. I'm, I'm rambling, but really pleased with the pace, really pleased with the athleticism and the overall effort. Um, we just, like all Bruce Pearl teams I've ever seen, we're going to have to find that line of when and how to use that and not let it become your detriment. And I think we saw in the second half what happened. We, we've overreacted, or at least I have, every single year to the first game. 
Yep. Last year, we thought Chance Westry was going to be the man after the first game. So I'm trying my best. I'm going to try my best not to overreact to every little thing in this game. But it's nice that it's against a good team. So you can kind of hopefully, or at least we think that Baylor's really a good team. Before we started the live broadcast, I think we were talking about how it felt like a matchup or the game overall felt like a game of two great teams up against each other. The kind of team, I mean, they always talk about as a broadcast. It's almost a cliche at this point. This feels like a round of 32 game. This feels like a sweet 16 game. Oh, this feels like a final four game, whatever. We'll see what it is at the end of the year, but it felt like a deep tournament game. It felt like a sweet 16 weekend or even more like back and forth. Great shots. It didn't feel like two teams that didn't know what they need to do out there. The weirdest part or interesting part that maybe Ryan could talk about and see what you think about this. Times got tough at the end. It really spread it out. I mean, so many different players had different moments. Like, I mean, each time somebody had a big moment or two or three in a row, it's like, all right, it's going to be this guy's game. This guy's coming up. No, like so many players had big moments. I'm wondering, Ryan, near the end when things got tough, who were we supposed to go to? Because we're still learning so much. And who are we going to go to? I mean, you can't, it's one game, but we'll Well, find out after 10. But, you know. I I think the guy guy you're going to go to is Aiden Holloway. I mean, the dude's a baller, and you can see that. And we, we just don't we, – we haven't practiced that yet. We haven't been in that situation. Uh, and if you're down by four or or three or whatever, like, he's going to be our guy. Uh, you can clearly tell, and, and you can see throughout the game who who's going to be our starting point guard moving forward. Like, let's be real here. Like, I think we all kind of underrated or underestimated just how good he is. But he – because we, we're a little gunshot with our five stars, right? With, with Chance or with Johan, but dude's a real deal. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tough because, like, I think by SEC play, it, it's just going to depend, right? Like, Jalen used to be that guy because someone mentioned in the chat, where was Jalen? Uh, and quite honestly, like, we've talked on this podcast a lot. Jalen plays with his matchup. I don't think he liked his matchup tonight, so he disappeared. Or we didn't run anything for him, so he, he just disappeared the flow of the game. I mean, it's weird. But in some games, you're going to see him have 22 to 25 points or 18 points, and he's going to be that guy at the end. So, you know, I, it, it's tough to say. I, I don't know. Like, Denver Jones, I think, got the basket really easily, but uh, there's, there's that big-time level of basketball that – I don't think he's quite there yet that he just tried to lay it up, but there was a guy falling right behind him. You know, it's just, it's all learning experiences and it's, it's exposure and um, we're just not quite there yet. And that's okay. Um, if this is the only game we lose, what if this is the only game we lose in not conference? Let's just throw that out there. We got a hard non-conference this year. This isn't like fast years. If we don't, if we don't lose one, if this is the only one losing non-conference, it'll be a top 15 team at the end, right? I'm saying that could be the case. Ooh, no, 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 no reacting on the first game, but here we are. <laughs> but but if you look at the teams that played over this past weekend, they did not play well. We came out here and played against a team that's probably going to compete top three in the Big Twelve. We got a lot of things to figure well, out. A, a I big, think, a big. We may not lose the game in the non-conference. A big question for both teams is their five-star freshman coming. In. Are they legit? And when, if you plug in, if you tell me before the season, the difference, like, hey, Aiden is as legit as Shreve Cooper was when he came in. He's going to be a star. My expectations do change. I'm like, yeah, we definitely should be top 25, top 20. Baylor's probably saying the same thing as a 20 right, team worked at 20, that if their five-star guy plays as well as he did tonight, I'm look, where's this, where's his stats here? How much did he end up scoring? 28. 
28 points, then yeah, they that might would have changed their preseason ranking. I think if you told people the guys would come and score 28, they might be a top 10 team. So well, yeah, you might be right. You might be right. This could have been, I mean, the, the keys looked right. The people we worried about and wanted to see looked like we wanted to see them. Well, that and that's what like I'm not trying to say like we're gonna lose it, we're not gonna lose in their non-conference game. Like that's maybe unrealistic. But if you look at the teams that do well in March. And in in the past few years, this is the type of team that's built to do well in those type of games moving forward. Like in those expectations, like who knows? Like who who knows who what freshmen are going to show up? Who knows how those players are going to play? We know who we have in some of our returning players. So are our players who are new going to step up and play well? And there were moments tonight they did. So you got to expect that's only going to get better. So if you've listened to this podcast for the last two years, you know, after wins, we usually do MVP. And by usually, I mean, I'm adamant that we pick an MVP after every win and it creates some good discussion. If you're new, that's what we do. Uh, When we lose, it's been, we've tried to figure out our different thing. That's quite as catchy as the MVP. We seem to have picked on to is which stat points out the most to how we lost, like whichever stat was the most important way we ended up losing the game. We have some stats over here. Uh, Matt, I don't know if you want to maybe read through some of them that look important to you on there. Uh, I mean, they a lot of even ones, surprisingly. Yeah, very even. Remind me, I want to circle back on some of the, the closing stuff. Um, you know, to me, it's fairly shocking when you watch the game that we didn't win turnovers. Um, the, the fact that we built a pretty strong first half, getting winning those possessions, getting extra possessions. And then that kind of got reversed. So being tied 15-15 there didn't feel right for um, for the way the game went. Um, ultimately, to me, it's 32 fouls. That's an insanely high number. I think we had two or three intentionals down the stretch maybe. But 30 fouls in a game, you know, you can talk all about the officiating you want. And they did tighten the whistle after halftime, but – um, just a lot of silly, a lot of, lot of out of control, away from the basket. We love Anthony Macklemore on this podcast, but, you know, you and I used to talk about, especially in his first couple of years, he would come in off the bench at center and just always, it was like a magnet. He was There's always one reach in. There was always yeah. one reach in at the top of the key where you were just like, how is that the foul you want to give up? So if I had to pick one, I, I think it's the fouls. And, and you know, uh, we just have some guys, there needs to be a word for this, but Chris Moore and Jalen Williams are guys that are just going to get bad calls all the time. And I'm convinced it's because of how they look sometimes on the floor. And I'm used to that. And then you, so that happened. KD, you know, is going to commit some silly fouls trying to cause chaos. And I I was kind of shocked that uh, Chad Baker Mazzara was that out of control and completely uh just some he he's the main culprit to me of some fouls where i'm just like dude like they're in the double bonus you can't like what are you where are we thinking so fouls to me is probably the biggest thing it was pretty even and again it should be we had every opportunity to win down the stretch and just didn't hit some shots late is there a second chance points stat on here it felt like they got i know that we ended up 17 12 17 12 that was a decent one uh, my pick here, I'll let, I'll let Ryan go after my pick here is a similar to Matt's on fouls, but they made 34 free throws to our 25 to our 25 free throws or sorry, they made 27 
free throws to our 17. That's what I was looking for. 10 more points from free throws. I mean, the game, what was the final score of the game here? Well, I mean, some of that's inflated. Still, it feels like that that's a big part of it right there. And and I think you hit the nail on the head with the turnovers being 15-15. That's surprising to me also because we had built such a big lead in the turnover margin. And so that really shows that when we say we collapsed down the stretch, that's where the turnovers were for them. They evened it back up, and that's how they won the game. Ryan? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty even. I, I probably have to go with with just pers- with just fouls in general, or I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to pick a stat because it's so even. Um, you know, it, it just has to go kind of with the with the flow of the game, right? And I think a lot of people were talking about our rotations or our bench bench points, and I think you're going to see that uh, like those majority of our bench points came from from Aiden Holloway. Um, I think you're going to see that change. Um, I think you're, you're going to see things probably Friday. Maybe it's the same. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's difficult. It, it's we we could pick and point things out, but you know, I, I I'd love to revisit this in in five or six games to see kind of where we stand based off of this game. Um, you know, are are we still on the same track? Are we just who we are? Uh, because you know, we had guys coming off of injury too. So was Jedi really that healthy? Um, yeah, all that stuff. So in terms of your original question, stat, I'll probably just say free throws and, and, and fouls as that just kind of changed the flow of the game in the second half. But other than that, everything's pretty much similar. Let, let's mention, I wanted to build off what Ryan said earlier, like uh, fascinated. We, we've talked all offseason about the, the potential, who's starting, who's finishing, he's rotating. Like, so I – it was kind of weird with the foul trouble, but let's just talk through what we saw here in the last, you know, five to six minutes of the game. Um, Aiden clearly was the more effective point guard. Um, Trey did some nice things, but Aiden got got the shot at finishing it. He did not thrive in the last five minutes, but that doesn't, to me, take away from what he did. So he finished at the one. KD was on the floor until about two minutes left, and then they kind of switched to Denver. So I think that's going to be a fascinating one to watch. Who's again, because who starts, you know, who cares? Who's playing more minutes and who's finishing is what we're looking for. At the three, Chris Moore's finishing, I guess. Chad well, Baker. there's the foul trouble, so it's hard to tell. He's you know? in foul trouble too. I think they both had four. So Bruce made a choice. Um Jalen finished, obviously, uh, because Cheney is a good backup. And then um uh, and then Janai, obviously. So there's something to watch at the one, two, and three positions of who's going to be finishing these games. It, it goes to what we were talking about earlier about who who's going to make those plays, who's going to have the ball in their hands. We've seen it time and time again. Bruce Pearl in this offense, the point guard's going to have the ball a lot. And what does he do with it? Um, and overall, at some point, we need to just probably start diving into players. But uh, Yeah, that's what I was about to say. And there's so many players that had so many moments this game. It's so entertaining. And Ryan left the room for some reason here, but he's come back in. <laughs> but there's, it was so entertaining, and there's so many moments. I mean, it's hilarious. The more you, the less you info you have, the more you start projecting out. 
And early on when Denver was kind of the guy, okay, he's starting to score. Okay, he hit an open three. All right, so Denver's going to be the guy we feed the ball through. Oh, man, Aiden's killing it. Oh, my God. Oh, wow, Chad Baker-Mazar, wow, two, two steals in a row. Oh, man, he looks so smooth going to the basket. He gets a call every time he goes to the bat. You know, there was just so many moments. Oh, Joe Nye's hitting a three. No way. He's hitting his threes. Not, like, eat so many different players had big moments where I kept thinking and projecting out, okay, now he's the guy. Now he's the guy. And also, you just got to hope that, like, if they're all the guy, like I thought they all, they all had their moments where they were like the guy, which is unsustainable. So we're going to really, and, and you know, my thing about roles, yeah. I'm a big roles guy. So I, I don't think we learned very much tonight on roles other than maybe that Aiden is legit and is going to need a big role depending, even if he's not a starter, he's going to play more minutes than Trey. I think at this point, I mean, they were projecting too much. Like I'm saying with Chad Westry last year, I mean, Aiden might just look terrible next game and ruin everything, but Maybe I would say the best thing we could do right now is just look at the stats here and players and just tell me what player you want to talk about most. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit more about Aiden. I think that's gotta right. Be. You got to do it. You got to do it. Um, he would have been the MVP if we won, right? For, for those of us. Yeah, yeah. Him or Janai. Um, Aiden, you know, it's so fascinating. I'm not somebody who sits here and watches film of all of our recruits, right? That's why we have Ryan and, and other people to, to do that. Um, so I was so thrilled to watch him play because I've been really high on him. Jackson and I have had this running argument about Jackson wanted us to sign another player in this class out of high school, an elite player, which for most of this game, the narrative for me was, man, Bruce's strategy of being old and having a lot of veterans with a few key young talent, like this looks really nice. But I thought Aiden, you know, take away the turnovers, some of the missed questionable shots. He belonged. He belonged off an ankle injury, a small ankle injury. He looked fine. He looked fast. He looked in control. Pure shot. He The first three, you know, he hit that potential four-point play on his first three-pointer. And it it looked, the way he shot it and the way that how quickly he got into it, that was like I, I had a Jared Harper. Like, literally just, it looked like Jared. And it kind of blew my mind. Um, and I was Is just Jared so the guy you would compare him to because I was comparing him all game to Sharif Cooper, the stop and go oh, ability well, he had, the way he could collect fouls on people. Sharif Cooper is my like, just right. I, I'll never get over those games that Sharif Cooper came in and started scoring thirty points every single game, and just nobody could stop him. And every time he drove and made those little stops, and we get the foul call every single time. Now he didn't look quite like that, but it was giving shades of it, and that's why I. I said, let's go get another guy. I thought we needed an NBA-style guy that could finish the baskets, my tough, someone that no one else can stop. But the speed from Aiden, like those little moments, I was like, oh, that's different. Like Because I knew he could shoot some threes. I knew he could shoot some threes. I knew maybe he could pass. He was quick. But it was the moments towards the basket, the little stop-and-go motions to catch the fouls, that I was like, wow, that's what's really different. How about the, the look-ahead passes? He had a couple that were bad. But just the fact that he – the fact that you're even saying that sentence, first of all, because Sharif couldn't yeah. shoot. So, and he is not Sharif Cooper as a point guard yet, as a passer at all. I mean, he's not there, but you're right. Well, yeah, you, you can't make that. I'll never right. see another passer like but, that. But but he's an elite shooter and yeah. showed some of those abilities. So um, if you're looking, you know, great. I, I thought it was as good of a, there's no way they were going to play him 26 minutes in their game plan. Um, so he played more and, he played for longer stretches than probably the coaches would have liked with Trey's foul trouble. Um, but he clearly rose to the challenge and they rode with him at the end. Um, and I, he is clearly a weapon for this team. 
right? Is there a player besides Aiden you really wanted to talk about? Anybody stick good or bad? I know you were going off about Jalen earlier. Yeah, I mean, that's that's always going to be a guy I look at because, honestly, our teams in the past, our team last year went with how he went. And I don't know if that's going to stay true this year. Um, you know, I also think it's going to be an interesting dynamic between our identity. Like, our identity last year was through low post play um, and Wendell shooting threes. And yeah, because that's the only person who can shoot threes and and getting offense started through our defense. Um, that's obviously not the case this year. So how is that going to affect our guys down low? Because they their volume, I need the ball guys. Like Jedi, once that ball was back to the basket, or now he's uh, you know, shooting uh two or three from the three, you know. So 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 what is that gonna look like moving forward as we now have guys that can obviously shoot the ball? a little better with, you know, Denver going three of five with Aiden going four of eight. Like we've got some guys who are clearly knocked down shooters. So, and there were plenty of moments too, where Trey drove the uh, lane. Broom going two of three. Thank you very much. I said that. Did I? Oh, you did. Sorry. I thought you said Denver Jones. My bad. Oh, I'm I, I might've have missed, <laughs> I might've missed Janai, but uh, we talked about the end of the year last year. That that is a key moving forward is that he found a shot uh, at a certain point. Um, and, and it came true tonight besides the air ball, but you know, it happens. Um, I see in the comment, I see in the comments here, Otis Russell says good game for both teams and definitely healthy to a question you said earlier about, uh, Joe Nye. Josh says Jalen or Denver going to step up for this team to be special. I thought Denver played pretty well. I think Denver's going to be interesting. I thought, like I said, early on, he would have to be the guy we were going to be feeding. Oh, like he would be the the leader of the offense, the guy when things get tougher, the ball would go to him. But man, with Aiden the way he was playing, some of the other guys are playing. I mean, Joe Nye clearly has a great game underneath the basket. Now he's hitting threes. So we'll have to see where Denver Jones' spot is. And if he's like one of well, these alpha guys that wants the ball in his hand at all times, it might be an issue because he's got a lot of other great players on this team. But luckily, I don't, really, I don't think Denver is supposed to be that guy. Um I think he's a really, really good shooter, but and that's all he was at FIU. He was not a driver. At all, so him driving to the basket this year is apparently brand new. Because really, wow, it looks so yeah. smooth. That's what made me wonder, like if he's going to have to be this guy that's that's finishing at the basket and he's hitting shots. He's going to be a Samir Dowdy style, where it's like get the ball to this guy to play offense. Hope it's not, and it apparently not. And if it is, just a guy that's going to hit open threes, amazing. And he did that this game, and that's something we didn't have last year. And it's like a a breath of fresh air to have a guy that's open at the three line that's going to hit it. And I'm hoping the rest of the season we'll be watching him hit those the rest of the time. Yeah. The guy. He, yeah. He, he, um, from, from what Bruce said and what, from what scouts have said, like at FIU, he was a, a pure scorer from, from beyond the yard or, or right inside the arc. And you could tell like, that's obviously the case there. And, and so Bruce brought him in to put some more weight on, try to get him to go to the basket more. Um, because that's where obviously you have to succeed in SEC play to to be good at that. Um, and so you saw some glints of that tonight. You also saw him being immature in the fact that like, you know, you're driving lane, you're wide open. You got to know someone's right behind you. Like that's just in SEC or big, big, big time play. Like there's always going to be someone crashing the win, um, the, the, the rim for blocking and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in the offense moving forward because, and, and that's could be part of like him moving forward this year, like, like getting better, getting understanding what we have. Um, and that's just the first game of in a high level, like that 
that's a team that's going to be in the tournament, guys. Like, like that is impressive for us to not play at a high level with so many guys who have not played at that level before and and do that good. It should have won the game. Like we're we're clearly better than that, honestly. If you if you listen to our preseason pod. My big thing was that we were going to have a black hole at the three position. And that was what I was so worried about. And, oh, my goodness, we're going to we're not going to be able to hit a three on the wings. Oh, my goodness, we won't be able to drive. I had a big thing with Alan Flanagan last year. He's going to love these new charge rules. He might be thriving in Ole Miss with these new charge rules. But what I want to talk about is Chad Baker Mazzara. I thought he looked really smooth out there. His drives were great. He's so lanky and tall. If he keeps getting calls like that, I know he got calls in the exhibition game and got on the free throw line and hit all his free throws. This game, similar, went, drove, got free throw calls, three or three there, an and one situation. The other time he got two free throws, ended up scoring seven points. He got in foul trouble, which sucks. I don't remember off the top of my head, like, oh, bad defense, just grabbing there, whatever. Oh, Matt's raising his hand that he does. Maybe that's going to be an issue. I was impressed on offense, at least. His drives look really smooth. I would have loved to have seen a shot. I don't think he took a three-point shot. I would love to see if he's got that in his arsenal with something you're going to need out of the wing to hit those open threes when he kind of gets left behind. He had a moment where he got fouled on the way to the basket, and then he decided he was just going to finish with a dunk anyways. It didn't count. And it looked very Cambridge-esque. That dunk went down hard, and I wonder if he's got that in his repertoire because the first uh, drive he had, was through two guys like he was going to dunk on both of them. He ended up getting the foul call there, you know, making both free throws. So I just, I was impressed by how smooth he looked. Maybe this will be one of those game one situations where I over project and think he's going to look really good. And the rest of the games, he looks completely lost and awful. But I hope he's the guy I'm thinking he is that he can drive and look smooth out there. That's all we need a competent guy at the three position. Matt, you're raising your hand. Did he look really bad on defense? Um, uh, I mean, he only played 12 minutes and, and you're right for two minutes. He was the star. Oh, I <laughs> forgot about that. I forgot about the steals. Yeah. My yeah, bad. Yeah. Steals. He played with a ton of passion. He's obviously very excited about this opportunity to play in a program like Auburn. And like, this is a huge chance for him and Cheney and Denver and these guys. I think we shouldn't like take that lightly. And it showed. Um, but here's my question. I thought this was fun based on one game. I think the answer is yes, but if you could clone Denver Jones right now and just have two of him, you would start him at the three, right? Yeah, I need to see more of Denver. There was this, like I said, early on, I was like watching him, like thinking this is the guy I'm going to watch all game. He's going to be the star, hit some open threes, but he also the first two possessions he got scored on. In fact, he he's even, not like, a good defender either. No, yeah, he even got like his ankles broken, I think, in the second one. I was like, uh-oh, this is what they were talking about when they were talking about bad defense. And he disappeared at times, but that's because this play, this we played so many platoons and so many different guys had their moments. So I really just don't know exactly what to think of Denver right now, honestly. So, well, I thought I thought Denver yeah. looked the part and looked ready more than Chad did. I thought overall because yeah. Denver's not a great defender, but he he did give a lot of effort, and he was and, and Chad was too. I'm not saying there wasn't effort. I just think Denver look to me like somebody who I really trust and I, he I needed him to be that him and KD I actually like that I, I like that combination at the two positions um three I am with you I'm still Chad Baker Mazzara is a he's a fascinating player um <laughs> but between him and Chris Moore and Leo I just I I don't know I don't I just know. I guess it's because I expected so little from Chad Baker Mazzara Chris Moore that we got something out of it. I'm feeling so good but I think this might be, I, I could already feel it. 
I can already feel that this is we look back on the first episode and I was praising this Chad Baker Mazzara and 10 episodes in or into SEC play and be like, oh, my God, he's so bad. <laughs> I couldn't believe I thought so much of it. You know? Well, Henry, you remember we talked about because so much hype around Cheney and maybe that's the guy we talk about now. So much. Cheney's so good. He's such and he is a really good athlete. And I think he's going to be a good role player on this team. And I love him as a backup at the four. He's kind of what we needed last year, honestly. Um based on one game. I'm just saying, I don't think he's going to play the three. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be better. People talked about, well, do we need to get Chaney on the floor? Do we need to get J- Jalen at the three so we can get Chaney on the floor. I don't think that's the case. So our, our hopes for the three. And I, I, I'm, my hot take would be based on one game and overreacting. When, when do we see the uh, Aiden, Katie Denver? Oh Yeah. Because I think that's going to happen at some point. We have a celebrity in the chat. Willie Whitelaw is in the chat. My boy, Willie, living in Providence, Rhode Island right now. Coming up for the Brooklyn game. If you want to see a celebrity at the Brooklyn game, Willie Whitelaw will be there. Uh, let's see what else people are saying. Uh, Chris Thomas loved the three-point shooting. Oh, my goodness. It felt so good to see those threes go in after a hard year last year. Uh, three-point shooting. It's Chris awesome. also had a yeah, confident. Uh, we'll talk about Miles is talking about KD's back to his, his man. He's back to being manic with no c- composure. Does it hurt us? We'll get to KD in a bit. He was wild out there. Give it and take it like he always does. Uh, Chris had another great comment. Broom was only two of seven from inside three. That number is higher. We take over the game and he was MVP. That's surprising. Yeah, that was his game last year. Really clever underneath the basket. Hit some threes this game, which kind of covered that up, I guess. But y'all guys want to talk about Broom and the, the renaissance of his three and what he was doing the whole game? It's 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 crazy because or not crazy, but um, they had like three huge dudes that they, they just keep throwing at us. Um, I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce two of those names, uh, but but they were they were in there and they were they were bouncing on us, and I, I think he found more comfort outside the lane, and he wasn't really getting that many foul calls. And look, this is this is part of Jedi's game that I think. Uh, People are starting to realize, and they realized last year he has no lift, zero lift, and so we plays below that. the rim. Yeah, so you know there there was a spin move. I think in the very first ha- uh, of the game, he spun, and a guy came you know weak side and just like completely threw threw his shot out. You know after that spin move, and it was like man, he just has zero lift. Like it's either you're one on he can win a one on one matchup. But when he has weak side help coming, it's like he's toast, and then he uh, – it's tough. I think let's, let's zoom out a little bit and just realize – To the three-point line? <laughs> well, no, no, I know. I'm actually going to go the opposite way. Uh, last year, I still cannot believe last year we just were throwing it in the post. Like, I, I'm sure Bruce was dying. Like, what are we doing? We're just throwing it into this post guy and Pat posting up? Like, this is not – Today is more like what our offense is supposed to look like. So he's not going to get as many traditional touches, which I didn't think he got as many today. But he did get to the free throw line 10 times. Mm. And I thought he matched – you're right. He he went up against some big bodies and some depth there, um, which Cardwell did a good job too when he was in. But um, I, I thought tonight was fine. Uh, two or three of those misses were on those tips at the, that one possession at the end. So I don't freak out too much about the two or seven thing. Um, I – he is a crafty, smart player. He's going to have a really good year. He had 16 and 11 
in what we would all probably say was like, eh. So I just want to zoom out and realize like that's a against that Baylor front line, that's not bad. And I, I think he's going to have a great year. And I just think the flow of the offense is going to be different this year. And part of it's going to be that five out, him being able to step out and hit some of those threes. But part of it's just we have a, we have more options. I think we can all agree after one game, we have more offensive options that are reliable than we did last year. It'll be interesting to watch what his offense is. I mean, we had Anthony McLemore and Walker Kessler. That was that screen to that alley-oop situation. He is not an alley-oop guy from there. He can hit the three, which Walker couldn't. Anthony could. So then what ends up being the move there? So he's at the three position. He's not running in to catch that alley-oop. Is he running in to then get a one-on-one back-to-the-basket situation? Is he following for putbacks? What is, like, his go-to move now if it's not – I mean, like you said, it was just weird last year that that ended up being what we were doing was tossing it into the guy. We don't do that. So then I wonder if he's we're going to revert to the Anthony McLemore kind of days, but he doesn't have the lift, like you said, of Anthony McLemore. It's all three. It's pick and pop to the three-point line with the five, which I love that we can do that. That's what McLemore, he could do both, right? He could attack the rim vertically through the air, and he could pop out and hit a three. Um, But Broom's going to look for matchups. He's going to try to get a guard on him in the post. And then he, you're right. Uh, if you do a pick and roll and he's going to the basket and Aiden or Trey or Denver gets a mid range shot up. I mean, he's going to the basket for an offensive rebound. To, so he, he's a very, he, he's he more talented than people give him credit for. He can finish through contact pretty well. He's got really good touch for a big man. We've seen years where there was no touch on the big man's so <laughs> Austin Wiley. <laughs> and so he might just see a situation where instead of, throwing it up in the air to the alley-oop. You wonder if you're going to have a situation where they're doing that little move where you're driving towards the basket, throwing it up, and then kind of doing a uh, almost like handoff situation to the, the big guy. I wonder if that's something you see more. I do need to not see uh, – this is just me being a nitpicky former middle school basketball coach here, but uh, he, he really could have – we were probably going to lose the game anyway. But when you get your fifth foul, try not to get a tech. Uh, oh, no, when, yeah. When there's a four-point game – and. If Janai, if I had one issue with Janai last year, it was um, it's just a little too much chirping, um, which I know that's part of our mo and our, you know, vibe. Uh, but it it's just too much. The the too small thing every time you make a shot is too much. Uh, he's so he's such a good player, and he is good, setting himself up to have a really good overseas or maybe NBA career. We'll see. Um, I just I would like to see a little less of that uh from him specifically because first of all he's exerting so much energy like this just play just play you know you know uh i gotta talk about it because ben is a big free throw guy if you listen to ben on the podcast he's gonna talk about free throws it's kind of it's interesting they hit 80 percent of their free throws they shot 80 percent from the free throw line and we shot 68 percent. i don't know exactly we were talking about in the preseason pod through text messages what is the average amount of free throws? Like, what is the line, the 50% line, the median line of free throws? I believe we ended up with, what, 72 or 3% is median in college basketball. I'm going to say as long as we're shooting above 70% from the free throw line, we're fine. We're not great. We're fine. But 80% from the free throw line is really good. That's really high up there. Their guy, Jacoby Walter, which we do not. We're not. I'm bad, at least personally, about talking about the other team's players. I'm so busy watching our players that we just look up half the time and someone's got 30 points on the other team. And I haven't really thought about them. Meanwhile, the opposing fan base, that's all they're thinking about is how great this other guy's doing. All I'm thinking about is something else on our team, you know? So you end up with 28 points in the 
10 of his 28 were from the free throw line. He went 10 of 10 from the free throw line. That's their big five-star guy at the guard position. Fantastic night for him. I don't know if you guys want to talk about him at all. I'm not great about talking about opposing players. I don't know anything about them. And there was a comment early in our YouTube chat that we always seem to let somebody go for 30. At least we did last year. We played great defense, but it always seemed like it was we let one guy go off. And I don't know if that's – hopefully that's not going to continue this year. But I guess it's better if one guy goes off than a bunch. But it just hurts because we don't have guys go off for 30 very often. So why does it keep happening to us? It always feels that way. Every every team always has their best shooting performance against Auburn. Ever since oh. I can remember. It, 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 certain guys do. I mean, I think I, I think the big picture is we've been really good defensively the last two years, like really good. Like what our I believe our three point defense was tops. It, was it last year or the year before? Tops in the league. Um, yeah, it was two years ago, I think, with that really good team. But this, the concern would be if Bruce is Bruce is very public with this. He he said he's he, I worry if my guards can defend. At, at a consistent level. Aiden's pretty small. Trey's a kind of a bulldog, good defender, but you wonder. And and uh, Jacoby Walter's 6'5", I believe. And he kind of had his way. He hit some shots. He, we gave him some good looks early. Uh, and their second leading scorer was also one of their guards. So defending in the backcourt, and I would also count our three position in that. Can we defend the perimeter? Can we defend the perimeter on defense? And you're not going to win much giving up 88. I don't care how good our offense is. So it's really – Kind of disappointing. Um, I, I'm just more of a defensive guy, and I know this team maybe early on especially. I see some pieces, though. I really think we could be better defensively than I thought. Um, but just, you know, weren't quite up to the challenge t- today. But um, and if you the, listen guards, to the, podcast, the guards defensively. The guards defensively is something to track. If you've listened to the podcast last two years, you know another big one of my things is the block party. We led the nation in blocks, I believe, two years ago. Walker Kessler absolutely killed us at the record for Auburn's most blocks in a season. The next year, we were hoping with Jonai, who had a great season before his school he transferred from, I believe that was McNeese State or Murray State, one of those two. He led. He was one of the top five block guys, along with Cardwell, who's a great block guy. So last year, top 15 of blocks, great time, not quite as great as the year before. Hey, this game, 10 blocks to Baylor's four. That was a lot of fun. It was also another interesting one where I was talking about we're still learning about this new charge rule and things. There's a block or two where we just got vertical and the guys on the other side were a little thrown off and we just swatted it away. It happened to us too, I believe. So that might be some of what we're talking about where some of our guys just got some weird swats that you wouldn't have kind of thought of otherwise. It wasn't some big collision at the board. It was kind of an awkward ball got thrown up in the air and someone knocked it away. But man, 10 blocks. That's still a lot of fun. That's one of the most fun parts of basketball. A slam dunk and a block are two of the most fun plays in basketball, right? So it's just nice to have that as part of the repertoire. Can you can you feel like this team, Jackson, for you especially, you're a you're an aesthetic guy. You're like, okay, yeah. this, this we had the blocks, we hit threes, we ran, we flew, we had alley oops. Did it? Did, it felt right. like an old Bruce team, man. It felt like an old Bruce team. We talk about. Like, what is Bruce's teams? What are they? You know, it used to be these, like, scrappy guys turning the ball over the other team, doing fast break, hitting threes. It felt like we were getting closer to that, especially the first half. That pace was crazy. This is a fun team to watch, I think. You're hitting a lot of shots beyond NBA range at times. You have a fun five-star point guard that's hitting crazy stuff. You have a guy like Denver that hopefully can hit open threes. 
you got athletic guys at the forward positions and the center positions that can get some of these blocks. We wanted that's what we wanted this year. And I think I said in the preseason pod that if we had the same season as last year, but it was reversed. We had a good offense and it was fast paced and there was a lot of like fireworks. I think I would take it just to have that reversal. Sure, we want to be better than we were last year, but a second round team that kind of competes throughout the year and has a good offense that's hitting lots of threes. That's pretty fun. And for Auburn's like historic perspective, that's great. Um, I'm hoping after watching today that we're a little better than that. But man, it was fun to watch. It was just fun. This this team gave me Auburn 2017 through 2018 vibes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like we're a little more talented than those, right? Very very, very much so talented, but we had some high flyers, we had some shooters, we had a couple big men. Um you know, and we ended up squeaking out uh, the SEC that year. But, um, yeah, we didn't really know what we had. And we had a couple, you know, I, I think we're a little more talented. But um, that was when we kind of realized, like, all right, these are how Bruce teams are supposed to be. And, um, you know, it's – I think you kind of compare it to a couple of those teams there. And, look, like, all right, so let's 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 think about moving forward here because I got to go to bed. I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, no more nine o'clock games. I know we already have our schedule set. We have so many nine o'clock games. East Coast kills me. So southeast from Louisiana this Friday, Notre Dame in um, in Brooklyn, uh, either playing Oklahoma State or St. Bonaventure, Alabama A and M, Virginia Tech, Appalachian State. Like some pretty good games coming up here. What what are y'all's thoughts about? some of those matchups moving forward, you know, obviously it's early on. You don't know. My, my hope is that we can either win out the rest of the conference or lose one more, depending on, based on what I saw tonight, Baylor is our toughest game. USC is going to be really tough at home, but USC is going to have to bring it. That's going to be a weird game for them. Uh, I think we'll be fired up for that one. Um, But they got some dudes. They got the best player in the country out of high school uh Bronny James probably won't play but they look pretty good last night so what are, what are y'all thoughts about your expectations moving forward you think we'll learn anything from the southeastern Louisiana game it almost feels like I like if I was playing a video game I would just simulate that match right yeah I almost I'm fearful of like a slow start I just I, feel like no matter what happens to that game I will learn absolutely nothing from it which amazing amazing schedule but that's the one game on the schedule that's just like thank god we only have one of those because well, it's not going to be fun to watch probably so it's it's funny in the broadcast they mentioned bruce burrow is not an o in, in opening games at auburn but we played teams like southeast or louisiana the first game of the year so it's funny how it's flipped and, and we're the only like, one that didn't baylor and us are the only teams that didn't do that this first weekend it was yeah. a huge ordeal everybody in the national perspective was thanking auburn for playing this game thanking auburn and baylor for playing this i the only thing that redeemed the first day of basketball was Michigan State losing to I can't even, don't even James Madison I believe that's the only thing that made the first. It's a shame that college basketball doesn't have a big showcase first day or two like they used to. Yeah, so that's our get right game before we go to 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 New York. But Notre Dame, I fully expect this to win by double digits. They're horrible. They're not that good. Mm-hmm. Um. Ben brought, uh, you know, broke them down pretty deeply on our preseason pod. Maybe Ben will make some social media content or something around there. Talk about it after the South, South Louisiana game. I don't know much about Notre Dame. I'm not going to lie to you, but I do know Oklahoma State. 
who might be our second opponent or might not be because they lost to Abilene Christian yesterday. So that's another, I mean, they're not ranked or anything and they got boomed by the NCAA just like we did, but they lost 64 to 59 to those Church of Christ boys. Um, Ryan makes a good point. Uh, yeah, that was good. Good reference. Um, all these games do look a little better after watching this team play once. I will say, as somebody with my, I thought we would probably lose three or four non conference games. We still very well could. Um, we, we, like Jackson said, you just got to look around college basketball and see, even at home, don't take, don't take our non conference success at home for granted in college basketball because it is. It is hard to do. I, I, I don't see anybody that we I mean, should that, that see. game at Appalachian State's a little worrisome just because it's it's yeah. a weird it's a weird game. We always seem to have a weird one, don't we? We played at Davidson one year, but it was like in like a navy, like a, a naval base or something. Like we play some weird ones. I like it. I like it. I think you gotta put yourself in some of those positions. Yeah, um there is usually one away game like that, right? Yeah, played at St. Louis that one time, South Alabama South that Alabama. one time. I guess it, I mean we we've had Burgo on. I don't know if we Coastal ever got a confirmation. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we ever uh South Florida not that long ago. I wonder if if we got Burgo back on it, Coach Burgermaster back on again to ask him if that's a plan. If they plan to play one odd away game just to get that under our belt for SEC play. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's a lot of teams are doing it. Like North Carolina played somewhere last year, and it was a big deal. Uh, they I think play I'm, they play away in North Carolina at weird schools once a year. I wonder if they have that some weird like legislation. I know that's in different sports. There are like legislations I mean, like that. Like you have to play the little team in your state for tax reasons. There, there are football teams that I would like. Auburn. <laughs> Sorry, but it, it's a different thing. Where's my beat button at? Where do I have my beat button? <laughs> We're I, one, I would... one game in and we've already, we've already said it. Come on. No, it's it's not common in basketball. It's common in basketball. It's not common in the other sport. Um, and so, you know, and, and it builds. It actually builds your resume to show, like, hey, you can win on the road. Um, you know, even if it's in a weird environment. But yeah, I mean, I from from what I've seen so far, like, we may slip up against Indiana. We may not. But I mean, I'm expecting maybe one more loss this off season, and, and maybe not. Like. I are, are out of conference uh, because we look really freaking good. In my opinion, first game of the year, you can only get better. You can only improve from that. So why not go on a limb and say that, that this looks much more attainable than it did in the past. Um, you know, what we might, a tradition we might have to start if we keep doing this for many more years, uh, me and me and Matt in the past have talked, you know, hour plus about all of our basketball. We have so many things to think about. Uh, we might have to start giving ourselves a restriction on the first couple of games because I want to talk about so much when it comes to Auburn basketball. I want to project out so many things. We've been waiting so long for this season to start. And the like earlier the season is, the stupider our takes are. That like, why did we talk two hours about Chase Westry last year? That kind of thing. So we might have to like figure out a way to force ourselves to not project out too far into these. But glad you brought up the schedule there. It's going to be an interesting one. We're going to have so many good games to talk about that at Commerce. I'm really excited. Uh, I mean, maybe final thoughts here. It, it's been nice to have the YouTube chat going over here. So join in in the, in the, the games. Of course, yeah, I know it's a late one, so it's probably tough for people to log on. Maybe for some of these earlier ones, we'll have some more fun on this live stuff. We love doing it. You know, this is just a fan podcast if you're new to this. 
we just enjoy it. Me and Matt have been doing it for a little bit. Ryan and Ben have joined in. It's been a lot of fun. I don't know. Final thoughts on the game, guys? Ryan? I mean, vibes were high up, up until the end. Uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's encouraging. It's disappointing because I think we know what we could have had. And this could have been an even much more enjoyable experience to talk about. Um, and it is just so Auburn to, to do that. Um, but I think we, we, we have a better understanding of like what we can accomplish now and like what we have to look for and, and what we can look for as like things to point back against a team that's really good and say, yeah, we, we noticed that and we got better. Uh, this player got better. This player started doing this, this player started doing that. Oh, our starting lineup is much more different the, than the first game. So, you know, there, there's a lot of things you can take from it. I know it's very cliche, but it's so true in this scenario. And, and you can only get better from, from what we saw tonight moving forward. And look, like, it's also something to watch in college basketball, too. Like, I, I just looked at – I was looking at Bruce's post-game conference. Like, he was super pissed about the foul calls. Like, super vocal about it. So – When is he not, though? Yeah, but, I mean, look, we all – we all it, it's – you we still we still need a Stephen Pearl cam. We still need to see the facial expressions from Stephen. We need like different cameras on each coach, like a F one race. I mean, you, we were talking about in the game, like you could just tell, like, man, this is so ticky tacky. This is so like killing the flow of the game. Like you saw how fun of a game it was when they weren't making those calls, and now they were. And it's they like just, they can't let us have that much fun. It was so chaotic and so beautiful. They couldn't let us do it. it didn't make sense. It, uh, some of that you wonder. It's so chaotic and so fast. The refs are like, I don't know what's going Like, I can't keep up with the things. I need you guys to slow down and play regular basketball so I know what calls to make and I can see everything that's going on. I was going to say, it's the most predictable thing ever after that first half that they're going to do that. And um, I, I noticed it more from our newcomers or our new our guys playing bigger roles and KD, which is not surprising, but we just got to be able to adjust faster. We, it, it really yeah. did put us in a hole uh just like just like the mat system with the points that you figured out we figure out the mat system if you don't know what that is you're gonna keep tuning into the podcast i think there needs to be a jackson system of the referees almost every game change the way they're calling at some point either late in the first half usually a lot of times early in the second half they come out and they just play a little different and whoever adjusts first is the team that ends up winning the game or if they're not they were down by a lot they catch up or whatever a lot of times, I mean, I'm sure we've had plenty of times where we're the ones that adjust first. We're the ones that start shooting 10 or 11 free throws for the other team ever gets one. But we never feel that. We just feel like we're playing better. This game was one of those where it felt like the other team adjusted quicker and then we fell apart. You know, it, it didn't help at the beginning of the game. They scored so quickly, too. But it's just, we'll have to find a name for that one. Whatever the adjustment is, the moment the referees start changing things up. And ultimately, just because they're not calling it in the first half doesn't mean you're not fouling. And I think sometimes we like the players, I'm sure it's hard to like, but we were fouling in the first half. They just weren't, we were, we were able to get away with it and be kind of a little smarter with it. So anyway, Ryan, you have anything? Well, well, I'm going to sign off anyways. Thanks for coming, everybody. Uh, Last day, if you're still around, if you're still listening, uh, give us like a review or comment or whatever on the, on the podcast app. We don't really care that much, but it's nice to see people interact. It's been nice to see people on YouTube. Make sure you buy your takes for the New York Auburn game, or at least tune in. Let me know if you're coming up to Brooklyn, if you live in the, in the city 
or if you're coming up for the game, would love to meet some people that listen to the podcast. It's been a lot of fun the last couple of seasons. We're looking forward to a next season under Bruce Pearl in the golden age of Auburn basketball. It might have been a loss tonight, but man, has it been fun. Thanks, guys. War Eagle.